0: Ken Miller Trent Condon Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM
1: Alright, good morning everybody. Welcome uh, to Miller and Condon on a Friday and happy Friday to all of you. It's Des Moines Sports Station 1460 1460- KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we appreciate you spending some of the next couple of hours uh, with us as we try to talk local sports as often as we can in or on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Today, we will be joined at the bottom of the hour by Dave Sproul, covers... Well, the little Cyclones, which will be very, uh, I would think, uh, maybe not eye-opening, but we get some insight on the newest Cyclone Hoopster, as Dave called all of his games. Uh, We'll take a look at... Well, the football, the basketball news coming out uh, of the Cyclones offices. So Dave Sproul will join us at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two begins with Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. Hawkeyes are opening up Kinnick Stadium tomorrow. Come one, come all. Uh, If you'd like to see the Hawks go through their... Uh, Spring uh, practice tomorrow morning, you have that opportunity. 9.30 practice, 8.30 gates, Mm -hmm. Uh, as we'll pick Tom's brain on that. We never even yesterday, Trent, I was thinking about this, we... uh there was basketball news made on Wednesday with the Hawks. Uh, Connor McCaffrey, Joe Wieskamp, never touched on that, so we will certainly find time to, if we don't get to it beforehand, uh, talk to Tom Cakert about that at 11.05, and then back to the NFL and the NFL Draft, and Matt uh the Sports Info Solution Football Rookie Handbook, all... 600-and-something pages is in front of me, and Matt that plays a huge role in that, and he will join us. We're going to localize it. We'll talk about the clones and the Hawks in the draft And before, I'm sure, we'll, at some point, because I can't help myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> get to the quarterbacks, uh, because it's um, two weeks from today, we'll be recapping what went on last night, and there'll be five QBs Yes, in the first 10, first 12, over under 11-and-a-half.
2: Yes, we'll get to the at that point. If you would have had it at 10, nine and a 9.5, I would have thought a little bit more. Okay, at that point, yes, nobody's going to drop
1: that far. I don't think so either. Your
2: Broncos. Then, if if somebody falls to nine, I think Denver will jump. I do. Be it Trey Lance, Justin mm-hmm. Fields, mm-hmm. Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Uh, I still think Belichick is
1: laying in the weeds. You
2: do. I really
1: and truly do. Well, he, he is a quarterback. He
2: has completely changed course of what the Patriots normally do. They don't spend. And they don't spend early in free agency. They'll spend money. Mm -hmm. But it's day six when that dude didn't get a contract. He went tight end shopping this year. He did that. Yep. He spent money where he normally doesn't. Does mm-hmm. that mean also he's going to do something different come draft time? Instead of instead of trading
1: back, he's going to trade up because we're used to him trading back and coming into each draft with a dozen picks
2: or thereabouts. Father time is undefeated. Well, he's 69 years old today, by the way, too. He's yeah, huh. celebrating a birthday. So that, I have a feeling, also maybe playing a part here. And it had to suck for him. He's not used to that. No. and trans- when you had yeah, find- January off. All right. When you take it like that and have that season go that way... Can understand, all right, we have to change course mm-hmm. of what we're doing.
1: Yep, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised Evolve if... Evolve uh, or die. <laughs> that's very true. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the Patriots are the team that maybe it's Atlanta, um, Cincinnati, they don't need a quarterback. They're sitting in a good spot in the draft at five. Miami's at six, was seven. Philly, I want to say. Lions are eight. Broncos are nine. Then the Cowboys at ten. That's by memory. No, oh, I'm not into the draft at all. Uh, so that's the that's the show today. And of course, oh, one other thing: Claxons, our friends at Claxons in Altoona, give four of our listeners an opportunity to win some barbecue. Uh, by we'll give you four games or props, and you give us four answers, and you know how it goes. If you get the most right, you get a thirty-five dollars certificate from Claxons. The runner-up gets twenty-five. And Trent Drake and Presbyterian are going to be list. a part of the claxons list today. I
2: love that one. We sure. got a point spread, you can bet on that legally at DraftKings right now. The point spread is out. If you have a <laughs> a great feeling on the Bulldogs and the I think they're like the Blue Hose or something I like that. I have no idea. I think that's what Presbyterian is. Regardless, you can fire at that one as many other games happening this weekend and well, the FCS. Well, you can going to
1: the game, yeah. right, and there still are tickets available for the football. Boys, we kind of thought yesterday when the news broke late in our show that the uh, uh, Thursday of the Drake Relays, the high school uh, day, mm-hmm. uh, is sold out. It's a huge story. It is, and it's it's, sadly, it's not uh, over yet. Is I think for the uh, first time, a lot of folks found out that I don't if you don't have tickets, you're you're Mm -hmm. you're not getting in. No,
3: yeah.
1: And if you, regardless, if your son or daughter are going to participate, and of course you want to be there, and I get that, but. that's the way it's going to be, at least for now. We'll see if it changes, but it's clearly going to be a big story. And, yes, a lot of folks know about it now, but there's going to be a lot of people that get to Drake Stadium on Thursday just anticipating that you know, they'll go to the ticket window and put down their money and sashay into their seat to see uh, their child. And it's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, I think uh, pretty much everybody that has a kid in it knows that now. I would think, yeah. I've seen uh, a lot of people, people that I know that have kids that, just qualified in fact just qualified well that's just yesterday. it right because
1: yeah. yeah but but when the when the when these tickets were sold out mm-hmm. there was nothing definitive as to
2: all the schools that were going to be there i believe i heard there were 80 tickets available 80 tickets available yes. for the thursday the first session that's the one where some people i know from my hometown yeah. uh their daughters had made it 80 tickets were available that's not enough mm-hmm. because we're talking about one small town here there's dozens of these small towns yeah. that have people and big towns that have kids that qualify for the Drake Relays and to not be able to see your son or daughter yeah, in that event, they get—they qualify to run on the Blue Oval and he can't be there in person. That is a big time step. No,
1: no question about it. It's, it's, can uh, can Drake cough.
2: relent here? It's an outdoor event.
1: I, Trent, I would like to believe so, but you know what? There's no playbook, right? Mm-hmm. There's no playbook for how to handle a pandemic. Right. If there would have been, I would have liked to believe that we would have You know, crack that baby open at some point. We've had plenty of time to do it, (laughs) right? Um, But there's just there's no playbook. Mm -hmm. You know, when when your son or daughter is born, there's no playbook, right? (laughs) There's
2: many days that I wish there was. Yeah,
1: right. Okay, what chapter is this? Uh Uh, Let's go to this chapter anyway. So so we'll see. Um, But it's it's going to be a huge story, and it's not going to go away. So yesterday was kind of different, right? There was a day baseball. Boy, your twins needed that one in the worst way, and I I thought they were going
2: to give it up. They, they tried. They did try. They tried very, yes. very hard. It was another one of those games. You mm-hmm. get a great performance out of the starter. And this bullpen, who had looked really, really good really the last two seasons. I know last year, maybe put an asterisk in front of it. But regardless, that bullpen had been cobbled together. It looked good. And it's been awful. And it's been leads blown. And it's been mm-hmm. tie games, late game situations, extra innings. 0-3 currently. And they give it up again. Mm. And these are guys that are talented relievers. These are guys that have been yeah. good throughout their careers, and it hasn't worked. You know, the small sample size, and I, I see that a lot in Twins Twitter. It's just a small sample size. Don't freak out. This team's still fine. And, and I feel that. But when you're watching it seemingly every single day, the concern starts to grow. Sure. Yeah, we are 13 games into the season. There is a lot of baseball still in front. But... But when you get to
1: September, Trent, and it's the 15th of September, and you look back, well, if only those first couple of weeks we would have been able to figure this out because mm-hmm. they count just as much. They do. I felt bad for Pineda. I mean, yeah. this kid pitched his you-know-what off yesterday. Uh, by the way, Morneau's taking a couple of weeks off, which I'm good with. Yeah. Uh, what did he say he's going to do? He's going to stay. He's going to coach his kids. Oh, really? I think. Uh, and who's coming in to take his – they said, I don't – Troy Hawkins? Yeah. I don't remember. He's, he's part of the group. Is I, he? Latroy is, yeah, I know that. Uh, and they go to the West Coast, the Twins, correct? Mm-hmm. They'll be uh,
2: at the Angels uh, for the next three. Oakland after that, starting early next week before uh, they come home next weekend and welcome in the Pirates.
1: Well, uh, we'll see. Because you take a look at the American League right now.
2: Look at the division leader,
1: strength. We
2: all saw this coming, didn't we? All right. So if the playoffs started today, you'd have the wild card would be Indians-Angels. All right. That's not a huge stretch. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't going to the playoff start today. Your you're number 1 seed, the Boston Red Sox. Right. The 2 seed, the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, we all saw that coming. And the 3 seed, the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> Do you know the last time the Mariners made the playoffs? Just made it. Uh,
1: well, I want to say it was after the Jay Buhner, um, those Mariners.
2: Um, I don't. When? It is... The 100 and, was it 116? Oh, that, that many wins? Geez. Yes. That That's, was, that was, what, what year was that? 2001? Mm,
1: not sure. That's, That's the, the last
2: time they were in. It's the longest in baseball, though. And it's longest in North American professional sports. There is not any longer than what they are currently going for now. team making the playoffs? Just making the playoffs. The T-Wolves, I think, had the record, or at least they had the NBA record before okay. they made it a few seasons back, but... It has been a long, long time. It just, it's unthinkable, isn't it? Mm -hmm. In today's baseball, to go basically 20 years without even making the playoffs, not getting Mm -hmm. in as a wild card, not getting to a game 163, none of that, that's the case with Seattle. 19 years, yeah, last division championship. Two thousand one for Seattle.
1: Been a long time. Uh, last night I watched the Royals and the Blue Jays entertaining mm-hmm. baseball game. This Royals team's kind of fun. They're good. Yeah, uh, they're, they're solid. Junis, the pitcher, didn't know much about him going into last night. He pitched very well. Uh, they get timely hitting at least last night they did. Unfortunately, <laughs> as a Blue Jays fan, uh, but it was a good listen. It was a good watch. It was good to see fans back at uh, Kauffman Stadium. Um, so and, and a good weekend of baseball ahead of us. It, it's setting up to be you know some some big series for you night owls out. They're on on the West Coast. Padres and Dodgers has a chance to be good. Trent's Twins, uh, twins are in uh, Anaheim taking on the Angels. That's got a chance to be fun. And we've got baseball today. And by the way, the Cubs lineup has been announced. Uh, and I've lost it. Uh, no. Yeah, I had it. Uh, they have 120 first pitch. I'm sure I can get it back in front of me at some point. Um as I scroll through Twitter trying to find it. Trying club. to
2: get it? Yeah, we'll get it later on. We we will. The other thing about the Royals is I also had that game on last night. Now, thinking about when Mondesi comes back, yep. and just how much more impactful that lineup is going to be. So, Lair's off to a really, really slow start. He is. Carlos Santana, who seems like he has these slow starts a lot, but he's off to another slow start here. This is a lineup, I think, that can compete, certainly in the division. You mentioned Junis and... It's not a deep rotation by any means, but I don't hate it. I'm not going to be sitting here talking about how great it is by any means, but it's okay. Danny Duffy can be okay. Mm -hmm. He's been better than okay early on here. Keller, okay. Pitched well the other night. Yeah, minor. All these guys are all right in this division. Maybe all right's good enough. And they lead the way at this point. Here's the Cubs lineup today. 120. Hap leads
1: off Contreras, Rizzo, Bryant, Peterson, Baez, Hayward, Sogard. Sogard's kind of taking that role at second base. He's a good defensive second baseman And Zach Davies starts for the Cubs uh, today. Trent, you know, we talked early in the week, and you mentioned the, the rule changes that are uh, in place right now uh, in one of the minor leagues. Is it the Atlantic?
2: It is, yes. That's where uh, they the- basically pretty Much put all these kind of goofy rules that yeah. they're working on, and I believe that's where the pitch ca- clock started. Was it? I'm still surprised we're not there yet. With the pitch clock, yeah, yeah. it's been in minor league baseball for mm-hmm. a long time now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we're going to get there. Um, the one that we we didn't we talked about
1: them, you know, moving the, moving the pitcher's mound back from 60 foot six inches where it's been forever, uh, to 61 or whatever it's going to be. But the other part of that, the kind of that um, I didn't know about. That I think is interesting is the double hook rule, uh, which has to do with the starting pitcher and the DH, and it right now is in place um, in in the Atlantic. And there's the debate: should we go to full blown um, full full blown DH? And we thought it was going to be done this year after mm-hmm. the uh, after last year, uh, we saw it in place and thought it's a pretty good idea. I'm not going to take this out. How can you put the genie back in the bottle? Dot dot dot. They found a way. So this double hook rule is. Kind is the best of both worlds. So the, you start the game with a designated hitter. But once you pull your starting pitcher, you lose the DH. So after that point, it, when, once you put a relief pitcher into the game, he either has to hit or when his turn comes around um in the batting order, they have to obviously pinch hit for him. I like this on the surface because it gives you the DHs, mm-hmm. and maybe it forces managers to leave their starting pitcher in a little bit longer.
2: That's the part that I like too.
1: Right now, the one drawback, I guess, is what if your starter's, um, please sack the other night against the White Sox, mm-hmm. couldn't get out of the first inning. So, do you if you yank him, you may have, your designated hitter might not have had an opportunity to even step into the batter's box, and you've lost that. So it's kind of the, the manager. There's another decision for managers to take uh, to make. So it's not like you put it on autopilot. I'm kind of getting into this one. I
2: think again, the second guessing we talked about yesterday. This is a great part of that. And mm-hmm. so many circumstances that you mentioned. So many different ideas. And for a team that has a really good th, a Nelson Cruz type. Yep. All right. Then you have to make a decision. All right. Can can we cobble a couple of innings for him over at first base after? That position gets taken away. Can a DH play left field, right field, whatever it turns out to be? Can you put that together? Yes, a little more thinking mm-hmm. in baseball. I am all for it. I
1: am. I'm, too, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like this. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it gains any traction, both of them, moving the mound back or the uh, double hook.
2: You know, the moving the mound back, one thing I found really interesting from that article was 60 feet, 6 inches, mm-hmm. moving it back a foot, and the talk that – the way that some catchers set up, they throw the baseball as much as 65 feet depending on where the catcher sets up in the box. Catchers make a big difference of the way mm-hmm. that that is. And the most important piece, I thought, of that, there are people that are concerned, is this going to hurt pitchers' arms? Trying to kind of figure that out. Because of the differences in catching, and we've never seen anything there, but then you also had uh, Dr. Andrews, the, yep, Tommy John, Andrews yep. the Tommy John surgeon, if you will. Uh, him and his group did a comprehensive look at that part of it. Injuries, if this is going to be something that will lead to more pitching injuries, everything that it found, no, that will not be the case. Well,
1: then that should be a little bit easier to pass. Let's get Todd in here. Todd's been on hold for a while. Todd, thanks for being patient. What's on your mind?
0: Well, I have a question for you guys and then a, um, a thought. My question is on the Drake relays. Do you guys know what the capacity level is? That they set for that Thursday?
2: I thought I saw 3,000 was the number. Which would be what, Trent?
1: About 30%? Maybe not, maybe not even, maybe yeah. 25%? Probably 25.
0: 25%. Okay, and I, I just think this is a huge, huge black eye for Drake University. Um, you know, a kid qualifying to run at Drake Relays and huge a not being able to share that experience is just absolutely ridiculous. I yep. think somebody from drake needs to step up immediately it's not that hard every single wrestler that qualified for the state championship in wrestling got x amount of tickets for family members to go and watch that young man wrestle Mm -hmm. at state there's no reason why drake university cannot provide every single athlete at least two tickets so that their family can come share that experience with them
1: uh, Todd, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, and um, we feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, look, and this is a Drake decision, right? This isn't. Yes. This isn't the county. This isn't the city. This is. This is a Drake decision to do this. Look, I would think that Drake would want to um, capitalize on having more people there, buying more food at the concessions, dot dot dot, buying uh, paying admission to get into the event. I was surprised when this came out uh look we're 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 still not through the tunnel yet of this pandemic but it just seemed like it's outside uh masks make them mandatory i don't know what the percentage of polk or not polk county it's more in polk county of the state of iowa vaccination rate is but i have to think that I really I guess I really don't know. Yeah. But certainly another week's time and it seems like everything is going relatively smoothly. I don't believe that I've read an article about in about an hour state, boy, we're really butchering this. Right. I I don't think that's the case. I think it's gone Well I know where I went, it was as slick as hell. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. The same way. Yeah.
1: Right? Uh and, and we see all of these um appointments and I think people are taking advantage of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised i'm I'm surprised that uh, the Drake is not, and i I wonder if it's too late
2: to revisit the, because the blowback trend is just going to get louder. it is. And as we get closer and closer to next week and we get through the weekend and officially everybody is now qualified mm-hmm. and, and you get the parents that are now finding out probably today. I mean it ha- started happening yesterday, but even more today, what we can't get tickets right? we we can't this is. The signature event in the state, as it pertains to track and field, this is a a nationally known event. This is, we talk about athletics being, you know, the front step for a university. Uh-huh. This is their front step. Yeah, you're leaving a big turd on it. I know. When you're not allowing, par- this isn't Susie's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. This is not Billy's cousin. No, this is parents, and they can't get tickets in. That's a huge problem. And you have to do something to combat it. You can't just say, that's where we are. That's a problem. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And the other part about it is,
1: is, is, is as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, it, t- schools are still qualifying. A friend of mine's uh, daughter was, uh, I can't remember the town they were in last night. It's a two way. But they, were, they had a, a track meet last night. And they're still qualifying for these things. So it's not like you knew two weeks ago. Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some did. I don't follow high school track and field. Uh, close to at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this when this story came out, it was Keith Murphy yesterday, about 11.30 yeah. that he tweeted that, and I anticipated um, that it would be a big talker on their show yesterday, and it certainly was.
2: Uh, the good news, at, at least in one avenue, it will be available on Mediacom. MC22 right? will have uh, full high school competition coverage of that. Also, Runnerspace.com will have a live and that's stream. that's
1: a pay, though, is it not? That, that last one that you mentioned? I thought I saw that's a buy-in.
2: That. Okay. And look, you and I both do a show on MediaCom.
1: Mm-hmm. We wish everybody had MediaCom, yep. but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's just not the case. Uh, and glad they're doing it. So if you do have MediaCom, you'll be you'll be able to watch it. But it's not like there's only one event happening. You know, in in its own time slot, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Jerry uh, is up next. Jerry, welcome. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. I, I just quick question about the numbers. You said the availability was 80 tickets, and their seats, they had roughly 3,000?
1: Mm-hmm. That was yesterday, yes. Trent? Okay. Yep. yep.
4: Yeah, okay, so it's not 25%. It's 2.5%.
1: No, 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 no. You, 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 what we're, we're talking about, there was 80, 80 tickets left. Yes. The, build, the, the, the stadium Uh-oh. seats about 12,000.
2: And about 3,000 oh, tickets you. are yeah.
1: available per yeah. session. Uh, I miss, I misunderstood. Yep. No, listen, I appreciate it. It wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong on math, Jerry, so I'm, I'm glad you were listening and no, trying to... I was,
0: I, I, yeah, I just thought it was crazy when I heard the A. I, I kind of came in the middle of it. I was like, A, B, C. It was like, holy cow.
1: Yeah. Jerry, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. I Appreciate you it. Uh, Chris is up next. Chris, welcome to Miller and Condon. How are you? I'm doing fine, guys. Thanks. Sure. Hey, yeah, I want...
5: This, this Drake capacity thing. Yeah. My, I finally got my daughter interested in track. Yeah. So she's running track in ninth grade. And I said, hey, well, let's go to the Drake Relays And I finally got. So she's like, yeah, let's do that. And yeah. And then I hear this ridiculous capacity limitation. And she's not going to be running because she's only ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So she's But, you know, I thought this would be a way to kind of um, get her interested in it. See, this, this is a big event. And I don't get. I mean, the. <laughs> This is one of those things where it's like – and this is – I'm not trying to be political, but this is like, we're going to make a statement. We're a liberal – college
1: i'll take your word for it i don't i don't know if that's the case chris i don't follow politics at all i could if this was 2020 and they were going forward with it and we had no idea right Mm -hmm. we really didn't have a good handle on this pandemic i believe we're better at it now i mean it changes every day but i could see that being in place last year this feels out of place to me this year um and, and i was a full believer in What COVID 19 is and listen to the science and dot, dot, dot. But even this one's lost me, Chris.
5: Yeah. And we're all, I mean, our our whole family is vaccinated, not my daughter, because she's young. Yeah. We're all vaccinated. Um, we go to track meets all the time. And we, you know, we've all seen things. You know, we've seen the Texas Stadium full of fans, but right. so far, I haven't heard body bags come out of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Rangers, it's, the, it's, the it's Rangers are selling every ticket they can, and I believe Houston is the same way now. Both of yeah. those ballparks, it's outside,
5: and I'm not saying I'd be comfortable with that environment myself. But this, this would be nothing even close to that. So I'm just like this. This is, it feels out of like you said, it feels out of place and so yeah it's frustrating to me and yeah I, you know I, this would have been a great chance for my daughter to see the uh, no
1: Yeah, would you you're losing out on an opportunity chris i understand fully thanks for the yep. call i appreciate you listening uh mark is next mark uh, go ahead
3: yeah i listened to murph and andy yesterday and they talked to the guy from the drake relays yep. so you guys probably should want to go listen to that because there's a lot more to it and there's I mean, this is Drake's biggest moneymaker. It's not like...
1: They don't want to do this, right? I mean, they're losing money.
3: Yeah. And so the other thing is, is a lot of kids should just be happy that they're actually being able to do it because they said that most of the other relays aren't even allowing any high school kids to those relays, the other big ones. So... I mean, so what was so mark help yeah. us out
1: help us out what 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 was said during the show i don't listen to the other show so what it was, was said
3: the it, really, it was a really long conversation but there was a lot of things that had to deal with the county the state uh schools um it was it was a really long and insightful conversation and like I said it's just it's not that they they would love to have the stadium full. So who ultimately
1: but, makes the decision, Mark? That's what I want to know. Who who was the one that ultimately said this is the cutoff for tickets? Did they get to that point?
3: Yeah, I think it. I think it is Drake to an extent. I mean, obviously they have the the end all be all, but there's just a lot of things that they, a lot of circumstances that are, out of you know out of our league, I guess, yep. to, to deal with. So. I just I would encourage people to try and find that. Go and yeah, podcast. That yeah, podcast get is up more. Yeah, a lot more information about it than than you know what we're gonna what I'm gonna give anyways. Mark, but thanks. I just,
1: yeah. Yep. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Ryan is uh, Ryan is up next. So it, it's ultimately Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, after consulting with who consultation with with the county. I with would the guess state? yeah,
2: Department of Health. Going that direction.
1: Uh, Ryan, uh, what's on your mind, Ryan?
2: Uh, It's Brian, but that's okay.
1: Fire away, Brian.
6: Uh, Also coming from Murph Murph yesterday, um, Drake sells uh, or gives away ticket packages, first of all, in three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the first people to get access are the private donors that donate to the Drake Relays and to Drake University. Okay, Mm, And those packages are given away in three days. So you, you, you don't get to pick and choose. And also, this is the first time they've had all their high school events on one day. Okay? So Drake Drake would rather not have done this either. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, from listening to them yesterday, from Irv and Andy, uh, this is one of the things that Drake didn't have a whole lot of choice in the way the ticket package was put together. And so there may be some people that might not be using their tickets on Thursday. That will possibly be turning them in, but the problem is Drake's not the clearinghouse for that. You know, it, my, and and I'm an I'm an old high school coach. I know how that used to be because the high school events were scattered in through the through the two days or three days, and and you you know everything was wide open. You, you it just wasn't all on one day. So this is a little bit of of a uh, of a uh, a uh, 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 loggerhead a uh, funnel. You know, that's causing a problem that they. Drake really didn't wish it had.
1: I'm sure. No, I'm sure they don't either. So, mm-hmm. so just let me. Um, I want to make sure I understand you, Brian. Uh, at the beginning of, your, of our talk, you said that the sponsors are, get first access to the tickets. So, if you have donors, 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 so donors, donors to what to to basketball, to, to, football, to, to sports, to, to Drake, to Drake okay. University, yep,
6: and the Drake Relays. They okay, have private donors that donate to the Drake Relays. And longtime sponsors and things like that, right? So they get they get some of those first shot tickets, and also you know this is the first time they've had the high school events on on the one, same day, all on one right. day, right? So it's kind of an experiment, too.
1: Gotcha, Brian. Thanks for the uh, info. Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, Doug is next. Hello, Doug.
6: Hi. Yeah, the, my understanding was this is coming down from the United States Track and Field that you're going to have all these guys that are trying to get into the Olympics and yep. and you have all the same workers working all three days, so they you want to limit the exposure. I think you're being kind of hard on Drake here, but
1: so so let me get this straight, Doug. So the 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 um the folks that are going to try and qualify and use this as an Olympic qualifier or a a tune up for an Olympic qualifier, they Ultimately, they get precedent uh, because they race on Friday and Saturday. Therefore, they can only sell a certain amount of tickets to an event on Thursday?
6: They're trying to limit exposure because you have the same people working the event Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
1: Understood. Okay. That's uh,
6: the as as way I
2: understood it. Uh, Doug, thank you. appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Um, well, Frustrations, a, a lot of them. Right. Which is understandable. How many of these people that have season tickets for all intents and purposes, right? I mean, that's kind of the easiest way, I think, to say it. So if I donate to men's basketball women's basketball, but I'm I'm on... sure it's maybe a package. And, and I'm, more than anything, I don't think it's that. There might be some people, but yeah. more than anything, it's people that make Drake Relays what it is, that spend the money to make mm-hmm. this a world-class event, mm-hmm. because it is. Those people, yeah, you need those people's money in order to do that. And you need that kind of money coming in in order to get some of these big qualifiers that come in and the big names that we've heard throughout the last decades that have come to run at the Drake Relays. You need those people. But for this high school event, shouldn't they have seen this beforehand? Say, yes, our season ticket holders, you're going to have the collegiate events, the professional events. You will have tickets for that. But since we're doing this high school only on Thursday, mm-hmm. all those tickets are going to families first. And if there's any left over, yeah. you'll get first dibs. Right. But for this, right. this will go to failing. On the surface, hope I, I, you understand revisionist history. Yes, twenty twenty, it's very easy, but that makes a whole lot more sense than what's happening. I now. totally agree with you. Here's the other thing, and,
1: and this is, um, I, I think this is a fair criticism. We found this out yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's a week before the event. Yeah, um, I'm not sure when this was decided, but why keep it a secret? Why? And and maybe they did.
2: Maybe, but and it could have been out there. But certainly you, and I you were hit not the fan it. yesterday. It did, yeah. Right? Because it was sold out. Right. And we found out.
1: Yeah. Interesting. 284-5966. Uh, six, six. Maybe time for one more uh, call if you'd like. 284-5966. Six, six. Again, Dave Sproul coming up here momentarily. We will get to Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Uh, Jeff wants to chime in, and then we're going to cut this off, okay, uh, as we move along. Jeff, welcome. You're the uh, last one. What's on your mind? So
4: I have kids. Uh, that they, they don't they don't run track, but at the end of the day, the kids are going to be able to run the event. And I think that I think that's great. Now on the flip side, yes, their parents aren't or their grandpa grandma. I get that they're not going to get there, be there. I understand all that. But think about if you were in the the championship of a basketball or a softball tournament. What happened last year? And you didn't get to play. I mean, Balling was number one in state and got right. COVID yep. and did not get to play. So. At the end of the day, the kids are getting to run the event. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. I mean, that's the huge positive. Now, we're going to grab negatives as we will, and, that, and that's life. But they get to run. I think that's fantastic. So, on that note, and let me leave you with this. The Cubs stink. They're <laughs> awful. They are awful. Take that.
2: Uh, uh,
1: thank you, Jeff. I
2: appreciate and, it. And Jeff brings up, I think, a very good point. They get to run. After last mm-hmm. year, there was no Drake Relays. No. Those kids that graduated last year didn't get to run on the Blue Oval that wouldn't have been able yep. to qualify. That is a really good point. And I think it brings a really good perspective of, yes, it's frustrating and it sucks. And if you're a parent and you got to watch it on a live stream or on Mediacom, they hate that. But at least you're watching your kid, ultimately. And they are there competing
1: uh we will take a timeout Dave Sproul will join us next uh, Iowa State conversation uh, when we come back we will get to Iowa uh, at 11:05 and then the draft it's about to 1125 Claxon's barbecue before we leave as well it's time for another thousand dollar home run enter the keyword school appropriate at kxno.com for your chance to win a thousand dollars that school to KXNO.com. Ken Miller,
0: Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. All right,
1: 1040, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Time to talk some with stay Dave Sproul. Uh, K-A-S-I in uh, Ames, Story County, 1430 on the AM dial. We'll get into Iowa State. Dave, of course, does uh, the Cyclones, uh, Little Cyclones, football and basketball. And Taman Lipsy is going to play for T.J. Otzelberger. How many times have you seen him play, Dave Sproul? Uh,
4: I don't know if I could put an exact number on it, but all but all but a few, very few of his games I've been at.
1: Uh, let's let's do the football player first. We know he's not going to play. Apparently he announced that Mark Friend had that, I believe. Freund uh, had that on WHO uh, that he's going to give up high school football. What kind of football player was he, Dave?
4: Uh, spectacular. <laughs> um, I saw a game I think it was the first round of playoffs played against Council Bluff Jefferson and he had three touchdown runs of more than seventy yards, Jesus. if my memory serves, and one of them was a one of them was a ninety nine yard <laughs> touchdown run. And there were there were runs and touchdowns he scored throughout the season where he turned nothing. I think it was a game at Centennial where he actually fumbled the snap, ran pick it up, and then just out moved everybody down the field and scored a ridiculous touchdown. I mean, uh, the guy is a spectacular athlete, and it's no wonder that uh, Iowa State wanted him so badly. And obviously, that's that's paying off for him.
2: A lot of people, myself included, first time seeing him in person in a couple of years was the semifinal game against Waukee. Just was not Ames' night that night as Waukee was playing so, so well at that time. But I was impressed by him in a game that wasn't going very well. I believe he was saddled with some foul trouble in that one. He still looked the part, looked like he belonged in that one. As you kind of crystal ball what he's going to be collegiately, is he a point guard? Is he a combo guard? How do you see him fitting in, maybe most importantly, fitting in with Tyrese Hunter in that backcourt?
4: Yeah, I think he'll bring some versatility there, and I, I don't really know Tyrese Hunter's skill set uh, so much as, as, obviously, as specifically as I know uh, Taman Lipsy's. But Lipsy is a guy who really, you know, in what he's doing for Ames, is a true point guard where he's he's a guy who thinks about distributing first and, and scoring later, and he, he can take over as a scorer, but he seems to be at his best when he gets into the field of the game, distributes the ball around, and then you know seizes those opportunities that they present himself. Or if he needs to take over as a scorer, then. He'll rise up and do that, so I, I think he could play a two-guard role, and maybe as a senior in high school, he'll develop those skills a little bit more as they go along. But I see him as a, a more of a true point guard. That doesn't mean that can't change, and I'm sure he could he could probably share back uh, back court with Tyrese uh, Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe just at least serve as a ba- as his backup at the outset of his career. You know, a year and a half from now, we're projecting out a little bit of uh, a little ways, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's a guy. He, he's also a great team player, very willing defender. And most high school guys, you have to convince and control and try to do everything you can to get him to buy in on the defensive end. That's already baked in with Taman. With He's already you know on that, and that's something he takes great pride in. And as a guy who, who's really a team-first kind of player, I'm sure he'll – if he needs to move aside to that two-guard role, I'm I'm sure he'll embrace that willingness when he gets to Iowa
1: State. Uh, Just just one more on him before we expand out a little bit. Uh, Since you're around the program and did all of the games, et cetera, was he always going to be a Cyclone, Dave? Was he wavering at all? What was, I guess, kind of the chatter, uh, if you will?
4: Uh, You know, I I don't know where his thought process was. That wasn't something I talked a lot about with him because I I don't want to get too much into the recruiting thing when I'm talking to high school kids in context of a game they just played or something like that. Um, but I, I think he, he's a guy who was, I think, very deliberate about his decision-making process in the sense that he didn't want to commit too early and lock himself into a situation that he might not be unhappy unha- with. And he didn't exactly have a plethora of options. I think he only was drawing interest from about five major conference teams a lot of folks i'm sure were relying in wait to see how his knee would respond after his acl chair that cost him his sophomore year uh and so you know he had the nebraska offer he had the minnesota offer he had the iowa state offer and two of those three changed coaches mm. so it was probably smart of him in the long run to make sure you know to take his time and make the right decision for himself and it seems like that process really sped up once he got the chance to get with pj altelberger and, and the iowa state staff and really, you know, get a sense of, of their expectations from him and what he wanted to be. And ultimately, I'm sure in the back of his head, or actually, you know, what he told the Des Moines Register directly is that it was something of a dream of his to, you know, grow up in Ames and then become an Iowa State basketball player. So I'm sure that that played a role in his decision. But I, I kind of suspect he was he was keeping his options open and making sure that the Iowa State situation was going to be right for him in the long run.
2: As he should. And I know he liked Monte Morris, Trent, yeah, you mentioned him. That's a pretty easy one to, uh, to like. I think we all liked to watch Monte uh, play and certainly watch him play that point guard position. Uh, day from there, uh, Gabe Kalsher, now part of the program, Caleb Grill, of course Tyrese Hunter, as we talked about him at the point guard position, uh, cobbling things together, still a couple of open scholarships for the upcoming year. As you look at it, how quickly do you believe the change is going to be in in terms of wins and losses. Do you do you anticipate this as a team on the bubble come next February? I think that's still maybe a step too far without knowing how this officially ends. What are your expectations level for Iowa State basketball next year?
4: Yeah, at this point, I would suspect maybe about a five hundred team overall, both mm-hmm. overall and in the Big Twelve. And I know that's not exactly the most exciting thing to hear, but it's certainly a dramatic step up from a two win season. Uh, so that's definitely, there's definitely going to be a dramatically improved team, and whether they can make the tournament, I, I kind of suspect no. Maybe they can get on the bubble. That might be the best-case scenario. But one of the nice things I see when I look at this roster and the, the transfers that Auslberger is bringing in is he, he's bringing in guys who have two, maybe even three seasons left, and that gives them a time to really mold that group together. They're going to need next season because they're probably not going to get as much time as you usually would have during the off season to work together as a group as we get into the waning days, hopefully, of the whole pandemic. And then But by, by the time fall rolls around, they get into the normal practice period, uh, then maybe, you know, it, optimistically, they can all work together and get ready for the season. But I think they'll need that season together to, re- to really gel because there are so many new faces there. But then you get that base, you get that season on your belt, and then the next season, you, you get everybody back, presumably. I know there are going to be transfers inevitably, but you can get the bulk of that core back, and then you add Lipsey in for that season, and that's the one where I think the expectations can take it to the next level, and you can start talking about a potential NCAA tournament
1: team. I know football continues on. You guys had an opportunity, I believe, to talk DBs at some point this uh, uh, this week. Johnson, uh, Young both had terrific seasons. Of course, they're both coming back. Tavon Kyle, I, I expected him to take a bigger step forward after, you know, seeing glimpses in his freshman year. I'm not writing him off by any means. I still think he's going to make an, uh, an impact before his uh, career is over. But TJ Tampa's a kid that, you know, I just, I, you've, I like big corners, and he's certainly one of those. Right, six foot two; he's got the height. Uh, the secondary with Eisworth back—we never even mentioned the safeties, but the cornerbacks, boy, they're seemingly, anyways, Dave, in really good. Sh- well, they're in good shape at a lot of positions, uh, but the secondary certainly uh, is one of them.
4: Yeah, the quarterbacks coach for Iowa State, Macaponi, spoke with the media on Wednesday. We heard last week from Deion Broomfield about the safeties. But, we, you know, it comes to Kyle. He's a guy who sounds like he's going to be in the rotation, maybe not a starter, but he's got Daytron Young, who's going to be a, a senior, and you, you have Anthony Johnson, another senior, and those guys have really established themselves as you know, two of the best in the Big 12. But Kyle sounds like he's a guy who's going to be counted on, and T.J. Tampa, as you mentioned, a guy who's going to be counted on. They might go four or five deep even mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, the addition of, you know, maybe T.J., T.J. Miller back there, or it sounds like Michael Antoine Jr., a guy who's going to be a sophomore in the fall, is someone who's really rising this spring. Um, so, they're going to have some depth there. They're going to have some good pieces. And Kyle's going to be a, a part of that. TJ Tampa, I think, is an interesting story, too, because he's a guy, he's a converted receiver, but they're using that size we mentioned to his, to his advantage there. And they're really seeing the skill set that they wanted to see out of a guy moving to corners. So, that's been a pretty smooth transition. In fact, I don't think he spent even one official practice as a receiver for Iowa State. He was converted to corner pretty early, and they, they made that decision during the summer, I think. Before he his fall uh, freshman season, so those are those are some really good pieces to have with along with the safeties that you mentioned. Uh, Icy Young, Ishi Young, yep. pardon me coming back. Uh, Greg Isworth coming back. That's going to be a pretty solid unit, I think, in that defensive backfield for Iowa State.
2: You mentioned Matt Capone and hearing from him earlier this week. Are there a lot of programs? And this has this happened with Campbell the whole time that they have a separate safeties coach and cornerback mm. coach? It seems like a, maybe an oddity. I could be off on that though.
4: I think it's a relatively new phenomenon. I'm not sure if that's been the case for the entirety of Campbell's tenure here, but it sounds like, you know, with the addition of an extra, now a full-time coach in the last couple of years at the NCAA allowed and the fact that, you know, we're seeing more and more specialization when it comes to players and coaches. So that is something that's relatively new, I think, in the college football world, and Iowa State's, you know, definitely trying to use that to their advantage. Because it is if you think about it, it's a different sort of skill set being a safety versus being a corner.
1: Um. Well, how much focus, Dave, will they put on? Seemingly, they're always slow starters, right, under Campbell. Lose last year to Louisiana. The year before that, uh, what they took Northern Iowa. Was it triple overtime? I think it was triple overtime. Um, The South Dakota State game the year before that was canceled, but then the Hawks showed up as week number one. They got beat there. Point being, this isn't a team that's been you know ready to play when uh, the first game of the season rolls around. We saw the um, uh, the football rankings, uh, power rankings, power index come out from ESPN. They're listed at four, which is clearly uncharted territory. Uh, if you're going to live up to that, you're going to have to be ready in week one. How much emphasis will they put on you know being ready for the start of the season because it's seemingly been an issue? Yeah, and
4: that's a question that's been asked. Uh, you know, by reporters so far this spring to various, you know, guys at various position groups. And then I'm sure it'll come up again in the fall when practice begins there, and leading up to that game one of the season, uh, which again should be another tough matchup. I think that's a combination of things that that go into that. The fact that Iowa State does kind of schedule tougher than most, I think, when it comes to mid major type programs or even FCS programs, tend to be better than, than most uh, other teams will play. Uh, because you have a really good program nearby in Northern Iowa. You have some good programs in the Midwest that you can bring in. Uh, So that's part of it, and and Matt Campbell has talked about, you know, they they need to be ready for or do a better job preparing for week one and be ready to go, and especially when you have the kind of aspirations that this team has coming into the season where you're, I mean, I don't want to get carried away, but there is that potential to be a Mm -hmm. college football playoff contender. And Notice I say potential and Mm -hmm. contender, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's something you can't – you know, B. If you're going to lose in Week One, no matter who you play, and you can't afford really, you can't afford to lose to Iowa either. I think if you're going to be in that mix, because you know you can't afford really more than one loss to make that playoff. Uh, so they, they they are aware of it. I'm sure it's something that's on Coach Matt Campbell's mind. At the same time, he's the guy we've talked about. You know, takes them one game at a time, one practice at a time, even. You know, is that is where his focus goes. So I'm sure he wants to maybe strike a balance there. You got to be ready for game for game one you know how important that is to having a special season but at the same time you don't want to over uh, emphasize that and put too much pressure on your guys coming out of the gate
1: Good stuff today, Dave. Thank you for the Lipsy scouting report. We knew we could turn to you as you were all of his games doing the play-by-play. We appreciate you coming on. Talk to you in a week's time. Never had an opportunity to talk about your twins who really needed one yesterday uh, as they uh, stopped the Red, Hawk Bo- uh, Red Hot Boston Red Sox.
2: Just a quick 30 seconds, Dave, on your experience up at Target Field last weekend
6: all cool. really
4: good Good spacing, good mask compliance by the fans there, walked around quite a bit, got view from different angles. And I'll tell you, after experiencing uh, app-based ordering for the food for the concession stand, I might never go back to standing oh, in line again.
1: Nice. <laughs> good stuff, Dave Sproul. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good week. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Dave Sprout, KSI. I names, that's right. He was there last mm-hmm. week. And they lost, too. Yes, they did. When he, he was, was at the Saturday game. He was at the yeah. Saturday game. I will take a timeout. Come back, finish the hour. Tom Cakert on the Hawks to kick off hour number two. Claxons. before we get out of here, it's 1460 KXNO. And why don't human services? back a couple of minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, Miller and Condon, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial, as we take you until, uh, until noon. I don't want to go down this path, but I don't give a damn. The Midwest Broadcasting Journals Association uh-huh. just awarded Keith Murphy first place for sports play by play. He did one game. What about two? OK, two. is there
2: no one in iowa i i guess not is this only how many tv broadcasts are there of trent i mean they did two games and they're getting some award for this it sounds like a pretty big deal right yeah is there no one else that does this on the television i i guess not if it's radio i do plenty right but that's different Okay, so that's it's just TV, but still. Yeah, I wonder if there are any other markets though that apparently not is the answer, (laughs) right? But because and this isn't knocking the play-by-play. I didn't hear it, but you do one or two games,
1: you would think you know a body of work would supersede (laughs) the one or two.
2: I do wonder because I think the outfit Keith told me like Kansas City. It was somebody out of Kansas City that helped basically kind of set up their broadcast. They did it down there a little bit. What game did they do? It was a walkie game, and then I think they did a playoff game or two. Which is really cool for the kids. I mean, to, sure, on TV, absolutely to, ha- to be on and not an overflow channel. And it must have been a hell of a broadcast well, because I guess. they were <laughs> award winning,
0: believable.
2: All right, hour
1: number two coming up. Uh, we'll talk to our friend Tom Kakert from HawkeyeReport.com. com. Uh, Then we're going to talk to Matt Menasarian on the NFL Draft. Then we're going to give away some Klaxon's Barbecue. Barbecue sounds great this
2: weekend. It does, doesn't it? Mm Kind of cool, kind of chill. It
1: sounds good any time, though. Miller and Condon, an hour to go on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.